You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 10 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Western League Bulletin. It is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Good to speak to you again. How are you doing? I'm not bad. Did you uh, did you have a nice weekend? Yeah, it was pleasant enough, I think. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. All, all in all, yourself. Did you dodge the showers? Uh, I think it's a little, little bit, little bit wet on Saturday morning, but um, yeah, it's only a bit of rain in it. But no, I suppose no is the answer. To that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm alright. I did brave the elements at um, Devizes against Portis Head, and okay. um, I subjected that to my child, um, to my children as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we spent the first half in the in the stand and uh, and then the second half in the clubhouse and uh, it was a it was an, an evenly contested affair you know it wasn't sort of sadly we didn't come out on the right side of the school line but you know I was quite entertained by the football that I saw so the direction of travel is you know is certainly is, is certainly going in the right way shall we say so I, anyway I was happy with that I was that's and that's what Tool Station Westernly football is all about isn't it at the end Absolutely. of the day we want to. We want to come away happy, um, which we certainly did. Now we're going to to, we're going to talk to two managers who certainly came away happy from the weekend's fixtures. Um, Clem Benelic, the uh, the manager of Ilfracombe Town, and we'll also be talking to Jamie Hillman and his entertainers, Hengrove Athletic. They can't stop scoring. They can't stop conceding. Um, they are probably pound for pound the most entertaining fo- football team in the Tool Station Western League. So we'll be having a chat with him later as well. But we will be kicking off uh, our review of the games of Saturday, the 2nd of October, by um, going uh, taking a trip to Ashton and Backwell United. It's a, it's a basement clash mm. between Ashton and Backwell and Bridport. And who came out on top on this one then, Tom? Yeah, real six-point lead, so wouldn't you? But it was uh, Ashton who, uh, yeah, took the spoils. Uh, a 4-0 win for them, so pretty comprehensive all in all. Um, but, uh, yeah, positive afternoon for them, obviously. It's been a, been a bit of a tricky start. Um, well, obviously, for both sides. Uh, but it was Ashton who, yeah, enjoyed the, the better of this one. It was goals from four different players uh, helping them to the 4-0 win. Alfie Cummings, Brad Skidmore, Mason Hardridge, and then Jonathan Invernesi, uh, I think it is. Uh, so that yeah, good afternoon for Ashton and they yeah get some much needed points. Well, that's the basement of the of the Premier Division. Let's move to the the top of the Premier Division. Bitten, of course, been our table toppers um, for quite a while now, and they were taking on a really informed Kensham Town side. They've had some fantastic results in the Western League this season. Uh, I mean, this one, I suppose, on paper, Tom, we would say that Bitten, the home side, would have been the uh, the favourites. I mean, it's got a bit of a derby about it as well, isn't mm. it? Because these two sides aren't geographically very far away. So, who has the bragging rights? They went to Canesham. Uh, a big, big win for them. A 4-1 victory uh, away at Bitten and a, a pretty strong second half, which, which led them to, to, the, to the win here. Uh, it was only only one goal they led by at the break, but that was obviously important at the time. Matt Brown uh, breaking the deadlock after 20 minutes. It was a loose ball inside the, the home, home side's uh, six-yard box. And, uh, yeah, he put that one home. Uh, so that was 1-0 to, to Canesham. Uh, they then, yeah, came boring out in the second half, as I say, um, doubling their lead through Jordan Anstey before Stefan Lee then made it 3-0, pretty much, yeah, putting the result beyond doubt. I mean, you don't want to don't want to say a bit more completely out of it. They're obviously extremely capable side, as their uh, lofty lead position would, would show. But it was, uh, yeah, Kenshin who yeah, pushed on and, and grabbed the win. Uh, Jack Ball did pull a goal back for the home side, but then it was uh, Lee again, scoring two minutes uh, from time to wrap up the impressive win. So a 4-1 victory for Kenshin away at Bitten. Yes, what a, what a what a result! Mm. Uh, now we move on to one of the uh, the Western League's new boys, Ilfracombe Town. They were taking on an, a uh, fellow Devon side, Exmouth Town, who, of course, well established. We know how good they are. Um, Ilfracombe and Exmouth have had a bit of a double header over the mm. last couple of weeks. Um, so, who came out on top in this fixture then, Tom? Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Played just uh, seven days ago, and that was a, a, a stalemate, nil nil there between between the two sides. But it was Ilfracombe this time round who came out on top. 2-0 victory for them. Uh, yeah, they're having a really impressive run of form, aren't they? Uh, it was Kyle Payne, uh, pretty long, long-range strike from from him, proving too hot to handle. Uh, so he put them one up. Uh, and then it was Harry Stevens, uh, pretty late on, uh, adding a second. And uh, yeah, I think Ilfracombe up into the into the top five now. So they're going great guns, aren't they? 
They certainly are. And I thought that was a fantastic opportunity to get yet another new manager onto the Tool Station Western League podcast, Clem Benelic. I mean, it was an excellent win against Exmouth, of course, and I started off our conversation by congratulating him on that victory. It, it was a fantastic result for us. We've had a, a really good run. We've drawn one game and, and won six games in our last seven. So it's been a fantastic run. And I think we've sort of come up against some some real big big sides and tough challenges in Salt Ash away. Um, we've had Bridgewater away, Exmouth away, and then Exmouth at home. So there's, there's been some, some real tough challenges in there, but the, the boys have stood up to them. And again, delighted with the result on Saturday because I'm a big fan of Exmouth and you know the way they play and some of their players and Hilly as a manager. So um, it was, yeah, it was a fantastic result for us and, and one that's very pleasing. Now, you mentioned that Exmouth double header. I mean, we know that they've been a strong side since joining the Western League, but I guess what must have been very pleasing for you is that you managed to keep two clean sheets over the two games. Yeah, I think if you know if anyone had offered me sort of four points from those two games, I would have absolutely snapped the hand off. So, um, yeah, and to add to that with two clean sheets, when you, when you look at their sort of attacking force in their side is you know, is, is fantastic. So um, it's testament to the way we've been defending, the way the sort of lads have set up, their discipline, their shape. Um, we've been really, really compact lately and, and that's sort of, well, that's three clean sheets on the banks now. And again, it's, it, you know, the boys have defended fantastically and, and on the flip side of it, we've opened up and, and created some good chances and managed to, to win these games. So confidence to keep keep going and it takes a little bit of pressure off that start because going into a new league you don't know exactly the sort of challenges you're going to face you have an idea and we you know we try and set up in certain ways but actually nine times out of ten you usually come up against something totally different or something changes the game or the way you want to do things and yeah I've, I've been really pleased with the way the lads have sort of um, stood up to that challenge. Now, I mean, do you think playing Exmouth the week before gave you uh, sort of an insight into the way that they were going to set up uh, at the weekend? Uh, yes, no. I think, um, I mean, we had our ideas anyway of how they would set up and, and, and a very, very brave team in, in, in the fact that they do send bodies forward and, and they've got some fantastic attacking players that, you know, on paper you look at it and you think, wow, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great side. Um and, and, it, and exactly the same in both games. You know, they created some good chances. Um, they play quite direct at times. Um, and there's some really, really handy players in there. So, like I said, I, I, was, I was really happy with the way we defended. And, yeah, I would say to some extent it did help us because we knew the challenge we were going to face. But we knew there was probably a couple of lads away last week that they had back in our home game. So maybe that changed things slightly. Um but they've certainly got a plan B and a C, it seemed like, and, you know, they changed things up a little bit. So it was just us trying to, you know, have a plan and then having to, you know, adapt to things and, and try and make sure we still come out on top. Now, you started life in the Western League against a lot of teams based in Devon and Cornwall. Uh, would you have preferred to have played teams that you were less familiar with? I mean, it certainly didn't hurt you when you played away at Bridgewater. Yeah, exactly. I think it's um, it's one of those where we, we, we seem to have a little bit of knowledge on some of the teams around us. Um, and, and we know typical Western League sides are big, sort of physical. They play a little bit longer and, and that sort of thing. And, and actually, I've, I've been really impressed with the standard of, of teams and and the difference in teams there's, there's you know Mousel who really really like to play get on the ball when they were short you know sharp and then you've got teams that maybe play a little bit more direct um, but it's it's been a nice challenge and I think it's nice to see that every game is very very different every team is very very different so I think we're just sort of happy with the challenge of each team poses a different threat but also a different challenge for us to try and sort of overcome Now you're fifth in the league at the moment are you happy with that start? I'm delighted yeah I'm absolutely delighted with that um, we came into the season you know as, as a bit of an unknown I think I think some people would probably say that you know a lower mid-table finish would be would be great for us um, and after the first uh, two games we had bitten away and then tab stock um, so we lost them both and I think a few people thought that you know they've they've got to a level they're going to struggle and you know maybe just about get by but we sort of got together as a group um, we had a couple of good wins and then since then we've just progressed and progressed so yeah I think expectations has probably risen which is great um, 
but as a group we know what we can do and, and as a group we know where we want to sort of be um, we're not putting any pressure on ourselves we're we're enjoying it which is great that's the main thing and and trying to express ourselves so I can't sort of speak highly enough of the lads so far because they've been fantastic. Um, we've had, you know, a, a good squad most weeks, which is which is nice to see. We've added a couple of good players, two or three, um, who have really sort of complemented the side with a bit of experience, a bit of um, energy and that sort of thing that's maybe pushed us on a little bit extra into that sort of next level where we can really compete with teams like Bridgewater, Salt Ash, um, you know, your Mousels, Exmouth and those sort of teams. Now, you've just said as a group that you know where you want to be. Is that something you can share with me and the listeners? Yeah, as a group, again, we haven't got together and said that, you know, we'll set a target of we need to be in and around here. We haven't really. We've, we've tried to to be realistic in the sense that we know we're not going to win it. Um, we're probably not going to be right up there. However, if we can keep the group we've got, keep everyone happy, um, I say that like it's an easy job. It's certainly not an easy job. But it's, it's tough to keep everyone happy. But, you know, keep everyone on the same page. Then we know we can compete with anyone. And I think we've shown already this season that we can certainly compete with the best teams in this league. So, yeah, we certainly won't sort of shirk a challenge. Um, but we haven't put an exact sort of we want to be top five or top ten or top half or anything like that. We've just sort of gone less judge us after 10 games, judge us after 20 games and just keep taking each game as it comes and I know a lot of people say that but it's a different challenge and keep winning your games, the pressure's off a little bit and, and enjoy it so yeah, we'll see where we end up time and then maybe we, we'll reevaluate that um, and then look at going you know, on another little run and, and that sort of thing and see where we are at the end of the season now, given what's happened over the last couple of seasons, of course, none of us really knew that the restructuring of the leagues would actually take place. So, I mean, did you ever think you'd be playing Western League football this season? Uh, yes and no. Um, I think, you know, the club, we had a plan to get back to the Western League. So we were very, very sort of keen to go, you know, back to Western League Premier. Um but part of me, you know, we, we doubted it because we thought actually, you know, once the season finishes prematurely, you're not really sure what the FA are going to do or, you know, what, what was going to happen. And after that first year where we would played something like 75% of our games and I thought actually if they can then cut the, get the, the season after 10, 15 games, then surely they're not going to find a way of doing it. So we're very pleased as a club that, you know, we we had the chance to go, and and for me as a manager, I'm, I'm very proud of the lads, and I think they did, you know, deserve it. And across the two years, to be sort of top top on points per game, I think it does give it a true reflection of where we were at and where we should be. So, yeah, it was um, it was one of those where we weren't 100 percent sure, but actually, you know, once it was decided and once they gave us the go ahead, we were absolutely buzzing with it. That's fantastic to hear. Oh, you've got Shepton Mallet up next, and then it's Canesham. Both of those games are at home. I imagine that you are hopeful that you can keep your good run of form going. Yes, of course. Um, you know, looking at their form, Shepton Mallet especially has been fantastic. Um, a little bit of an unknown to myself. Um, you know, we usually get a bit of a report on teams and quite a lot of guys know about you know the ins and outs of some of the teams that are a little bit closer to us but I don't know too much about Shepton Mallet so you know I'll certainly be making a few phone calls this week to try and find out a little bit more but like I said their um, their form's been fantastic um, but we've shown like I said earlier that you know we don't need to fear anyone so with that pressure sort of taking off and, and, and the right attitude we'll go at teams and, and you know we'll give them a real good game and the way we've been defending lately it gives us sort of that you know, a foundation to, to build on and, and some of our attacking players that, you know, when they when they really open up, frighten defences, I like to think. So we'll give them a good go and we'll see uh, after that 90 minutes, see where we're at. And again, for Canesham, it'll be the exact same thing. We'd love to keep that run going um, and see where we end up. Well, I've not had the pleasure of visiting your ground yet. I, I certainly hope that I do get the chance to come and see you. But, of course, you've got Shepton Mallet and Canesham fans, as we've just said, coming soon. So now's your opportunity, Clem. Can you sell us a Saturday afternoon out at Ilfracombe? Yes, the Marlborough Park is picturesque. It's got a lovely church behind one of the goals. Um, it's a beautiful setting. Um, from one of the sides of the, the pitch, you can actually see right over onto the sea, which is beautiful. 
uh, as long as there's no wind and rain, which to be honest, we get a, a lot of the time. Um, you know, it's a fantastic setting. Um, you always get a warm welcome. Um, the committee and supporters are fantastic. Um, so along with being a picturesque sort of ground, I like to think that we've got, you know, a, a good backing and a, a very warm welcome for any supporters that come and an away team. So, yeah, it's a, it's a lovely place to visit, I'd say. Well, you've done a fantastic job there for the Ilfracombe Tourist Board. So um, thank you for that, Clem. <laughs> One last question I've got for you before you leave us, and it's about you. This is the first time we've spoken to you on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. But can you tell us and the listeners a little bit about your footballing journey to the Ilfracombe dugout? Yes, so um, personally for myself, I stopped playing at about, I think I was about 19 or 20. Um, so I wanted to become a manager from a young age. Um, very, very crazy. I'm not sure why, because it is it's, uh, can be a test in at times. But I took over at Ilfracombe with their third team. We created a, a third team when I was about 20, 21. Um, kept some of the lads you know some of the lads we've even got now three or four of them are still sort of playing which is fantastic um, wanted to keep them at the club so we created a third team we were playing up Killercleave, which uh, you won't know what that is but it's um, yeah it's a, a very very basic field with trees hanging over it and it wasn't the nicest but we, we've gone from that to, to Marlborough Park of course which is fantastic um, so we had one season with the thirds I was lucky enough that the, the club decided to bring me in as the first team manager after the year um, so we had one year in the North Devon Premier which we won won the, won the league so we got promoted into the at the time the South West Peninsula East um, we spent two pretty successful seasons in those leagues um, fantastic league brilliantly run by Phil um, and the rest of the guys there and then with the sort of um, the restructure the, the first initial part we were lucky enough to be you know one of the many teams that went up into um, what they then changed into the Southwest Peninsula Premier um, and then yeah we had the two seasons which were disturbed by you know covid which which was a, a massive massive shame really because as much as we're absolutely delighted to have gone up it's it's a shame that we sort of had nothing to show for it after two years of hard work um in terms of you know a trophy or something to be able to sort of celebrate um and then yeah we've we've obviously been promoted back into the western league premier which is which is fantastic um but for me, as sort of a young manager, I've been at Ilfracombe for, I think that's five or six years now. And I'm still sort of learning on the job. I'm enjoying myself a lot. Uh, I've worked for Exeter City Football Club, so I, I've, I do a lot of coaching and, and that sort of thing anyway. So it is my life. Um, I was born and bred in Ilfracombe as well. So it's fantastic to sort of be representing my home club and going to, you know, help be a part of that, sort of taking them back from a North Devon League up into the Western League Premier. Um, personally, for myself, I used to go and watch them as a kid um, when they were in the Western League Premier. So it was, um, you know, it's fantastic to be a part of that, to, to try and bring them back up to the standard of football that we're at now. And my thanks to Clem for his time. Now, one final fixture in the Premier Division from Saturday, the 2nd of October, for us to review. And it is, I'm going to call this one, Tom, the Covid Derby. Hmm. And the reason I'm going to do that is because um, during the sort of the last couple of seasons that we know have been interrupted, I don't think anybody's played each other more frequently than Tavistock and Shepton Mallet. It feels that way, doesn't it? It certainly does. And, it, you know, if Tavistock and Shepton Mallet play each other, then we need to talk about it. Now, it's made easier that we talk about it this week because there were eight goals in this one. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, when both teams score, it's goals galore. Which was the victor and who got the spoils, Tom? It was Tavistock, uh, a big 5-3 win for them. Obviously, uh, recent weeks we've uh, yeah, been um, lording, lording Mallet's defence, but it yeah, came a bit unstuck on the weekend against the, the new league leaders. Uh, Tavistock have leapfrogged it in, uh, following the weekend results, but that's a uh, yeah, well, really impressive win for them at Langsford Park. Uh, Shepton, yeah, they could only hold out for eight minutes in this one. Josh Grant opening the scoring for the home side. Um, but they did, did regroup well. Uh, a goal from Jack Fillingham uh, from the penalty spot. Uh, got them back on level terms, and then Mallet actually went ahead uh, early in the second half uh, through David Regula. Uh, but it was then, yeah, well, the Lambs completely, uh, yeah, came to came to life really. Uh, Grant scoring again to to draw the sides level, and then they scored twice more in quick succession. Uh, Liam Prin two minutes after the leveller uh, put them back in front. 
Uh, and then it was Jake Miller uh, stretching the lead out to 4-2. So, uh, yeah, Tavistock really on a run at that point. Uh, Mallet again, pulling one back, um, showing, showing pretty good resolve, uh, considering they'd been sort of blitzed for, for a good five-minute spell. But it was Filling again uh, doing the honours from the spot. So that was 4-3. Uh, uh, but it was Tavistock who got the crucial eighth goal uh, to run out five free winners, and that was Prin. Uh, he's having a really good season in front of the goal. He's one of the, the, the leading marksmen. Uh, he, con- he completed his double. And, uh, yeah, five free win for Tavistock, uh, who now moved to the table. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now we move into the first division and we're going to kick our coverage off there with league leaders, Welton Rovers, trip to not that far away neighbours, Bishop Sutton. I mean, there's closer clubs, but actually Bishop Sutton aren't that far away from Midsummer Norton. And um, so again, a slight derby feel about this one. And it was a close one, wasn't it, Tom? It was. Yeah, this is probably one of uh, Welton's most difficult games uh, they've had so far this season. I think we picked one of us picked it out last week as a yeah, well, it could be a, a good tussle in it, and it proved that way. Welton did though eventually win, win by two goals to one to, to well to stretch that unbeaten run and yeah continue their, their uh, yeah their storming to the to, towards a, a, a title nonetheless. Um, pretty entertaining I'd say pretty as a as a game. Uh, Jake Slocum uh, he made the uh, made the breakthrough. Uh, pretty slick counter attack. He finished that one off. Uh, but it was then Sutton who got back on level terms. Uh, a Kai long header, uh, finding teammate Craig Wilson, who then smashed the ball home. Uh, so that that set up a pretty pretty good last half hour with the game level uh, one apiece. Uh, but it was unfortunately for the home side, it was a, a mistake um, that, that cost them uh, a little slip uh, among the among the defence. Obviously, pretty tough conditions on Saturdays. You alluded to with the uh, the weather. And it was, um, yeah, Welton, and it was Slocum in particular, uh, scoring his second of the afternoon. Uh, another man having a, a decent uh, time in front of goal. I think that's taken him to double figures in the league this year. And that proved to be crucial. And that's a 2-1 win uh, for Welton uh, away at Bishop Sutton. Yeah, the, 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 the Green Army march on, don't they? Mm. Um, well, we turn our attention now to the Theatre of Cheese, and it's a, a fantastic derby between Cheddar and near rivals Wells City. I mean, this is one that we'd sort of been eagerly anticipating. I think we talked about it not that long ago on the podcast because, of course, the Wells City manager, Sean Potter, used to be the manager of Cheddar, and that always adds a little bit um, to the rivalry. Uh, well, it was a, the scoreline, Tom, would suggest that this was a slightly one-sided affair. So who came out on top? Yeah, it was the the away side, in fact, uh, scoring twice in either half. So uh, yeah, probably the the stronger side throughout, you'd say. Um, they let yeah, obviously led by two goals to nil at the break. Uh, Tom Hill giving them a flying start, uh, scoring inside two minutes of this one. So really putting Wells uh, on the front foot from the very from the very beginning. Uh, and then it was then a, a familiar face for for the home side. Unfortunately, Adam Wright scoring against his former side to make it two nil. Uh, midway through the first half, uh, Harvey Hadrill uh, continued the scoring soon after the interval to, yeah, just you know keep it keep it ticking over for Wales. That put them three goals up, uh, and then it was a fourth and final goal from Charlie Crook. Um, so uh, yeah, really good run out from uh, Wales, and they've now suffered just one defeat from their previous nine in all comps. So they're going going great guns at the moment. Well, they keep that up. It won't be Sean Potter. It'll be Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Magic. <laughs> or even Graham Potter, because he's doing rather well with Brighton, isn't he? But we, I mean, we're not really interested in football at that level because it has no soul. But I tell you what, <laughs> I tell you what does have soul, and that is Hengrove Athletic. Mm. I mean, I mean, last week, do you remember we had that we had that incredible match report, didn't we, from their game away at you know Warminster Town? I don't know what they were playing. It could have been table tennis. It could have been yeah. badminton. At one point, I thought it might have been cricket. Mm. Um, seven six that game finished uh, when we spoke about it last week. Well, they were at it again. They were at it again, Tom. Seven goals in this one. Take us through it. <laughs> Absolutely. They picked up where they left off from last week, really, didn't they? So, yeah, the, the, the terrific comeback that nearly proved uh, proved to be uh, successful, unfortunately, just falling short where it wants to. But, yeah, 7-6. I think, they, as we said at the time, I think they would have taken a little bit of confidence out of that second half. And it, it showed on Saturday, I think. They were 3-1 up at the break in this one against Lebec. Uh, goals from Sam Jackson, Danny Doddy Mead and Luco Ponsolo putting them 
three one up, as I say, at the interval. Uh, and then it was uh, another goal after the break from Dodimi. He's been he's been really good for them, I think, at the start of the season. Um, put them, yeah, well, took, was on target. Uh, and, uh, yeah, a big win for them, a 4-3 victory. And they are showing signs of, uh, yeah, I'd say they're having a, a pretty good run of it at the moment. So, uh, yeah, positive signs from uh, Hengrove, a 4-3 win over Lebec. Well, that was all the excuse I needed to get hold of um, Jamie Hillman. Of course, he's been a friend to the podcast, really, ever since we, we started doing this. I mean, that 4-3 win at the weekend. And uh, I had to start off my conversation by, you know, by reflecting on the fact that his side are rapidly getting the reputation as the entertainers of the Tool Station Western League. Uh, yeah, some, something like that, I think. Um, yeah, it was... Uh... We did okay in spells at the weekend, you know, we, we've picked up performance-wise. And like I say, it spells Lebec will probably come away from that thinking they could have got something from the game. But likewise, we were probably thinking the game should have been over and done with in the first half. Um, I, I, obviously, I want to talk to you about the um, the Lebec game. But I mean, the funny thing is that, you you know, you say Lebec will have come away from the match thinking that they could have taken something from the game. Is that how you felt when you left Weymouth Street? Yeah, definitely. Um, we should have won. In truthfulness, we were uh, down in Warminster. I think we were 6-1 down at half-time. And we probably should have had at least five goals ourselves at half-time. It was such a strange game where we probably had a 15-minute spell where we pressed the self-destruct button and conceded three or four real poor goals. Um, and it's not, you know... You could say, well, we're a young side, make mistakes. It, it was daft mistakes that we shouldn't have been making, in, in all truthfulness. And the one thing we did say in that game, you know, I said at half-time, it's, it's hard to be critical of the defenders or hard to be critical of individuals defensively, shall I say, when we were just as poor the other end, really. You know, we, we should have had more goals, it's as simple as that. And we, we, we set out to try and win the second half. We started the second half quite well. Thought we should have had a penalty, um, which the ref explained. He thought it possibly was a penalty, but the new rules didn't allow him to give it. They went down the other end and scored. And I must admit, when it was seven-one after just before the hour mark, I thought this could end up being about fourteen or fifteen. It was it was kind of one of those. But you know, credit to our boys. They they dug in and we, we got a second, and then we got a, a third, and then we kind of dared to believe when we got a fourth in. Yeah, certainly at the end, you know, we, we, we'd had a couple cleared off the line, we'd hit the post, we'd hit the bar. And in fairness, I think that Warminster had reported as well, if it wasn't for their goalkeeper, in the last five minutes, we, we certainly should have come away with a point, if not all three. I mean, it's a bit mad, isn't it? I mean, you and I have spoken a few times on the podcast. I mean, have you ever known a game like that in your time in the Western League? No. No, to be perfectly honest, it was... It was crazy the amount of goals in such a short space of time, you know. I mean, even at the start of the game, we should have scored two before Warminster went one then up. And we thought, we'd actually started and we'd equalised within two minutes of them scoring. And we thought, well, that's what we deserved and we're doing all right. And then literally they scored two goals in the space of about two minutes. And we were 3-1 down and I was kind of stood on the sidelines thinking... They've had three, well, to be fair, they had two chances and the goalkeeper, I felt so sorry. We had a, a young lad from the youth team um, making his debut in goal, only 16, 17. Um, and he was probably at fault for one of the goals in, in terms of the, and that's himself saying he's at fault because his kick wasn't great. And in fairness, their captains hit it first time from the halfway line straight back over his head into the corner. And that, that put them 3-1 up. And I was kind of stood there thinking, well should be in front and somehow we're 3-1 down and then we had more chances after that and then like like I say in the second half I mean I think we scored you know I might be wrong I think we scored five goals in the space of about 20 minutes or so <laughs> it, it was it was crazy absolutely crazy I just couldn't it literally was and then it was a case of can we get another and I think we threw everything at them and full credit to their goalkeeper and you know it was one of those strange games where we've came away losing but it kind of almost felt like you feel after winning but I think we also have to be a little bit you know when you look back on it and think well brilliant we scored six goals you know we haven't scored a lot of goals this year and we scored six goals in a game but we did concede seven so 
the kind of manager's hat put back on. For the neutral, it must have been a fantastic game, but a manager's hat was like, well, we, we have conceded a lot of goals. Um, but in fairness, probably our our strengths at the moment is going forward, you know, the last couple of games. So I'm not certainly not going to say I want to be conceding goals every week, but, you know, we scored 12 goals in our last three games now. So who knows, maybe that is how it's going to be. Well, the easiest thing for somebody like me to say is, well, of course, you know, you can reflect on the fact that the players didn't let their heads drop. You know, they took their opportunities when they were presented. They made a fist of it. You know, that's fantastic. It's easy to say. But the fact is that they took that into the next game. Now, the boot was on the other foot on Saturday because you were 3-1 up at half-time. I mean, 3-1 isn't quite the same as 6-1. I think we'll both agree with that. But um, Lebec put in, a, you know, a performance in the second half to try and to make the game a lot, a, a lot closer. But you saw it out this time. So on this occasion, you were on the right side of a, you know, of a large scoreline. Yeah, I, I think, that, you know, like I said, we, this season, I mean, I, I, when I came back to the club, we've had a couple of corona hit seasons. So this is kind of our first full season. And this year we've... I guess we've kind of gone things a little bit different. We have a new under-18s team this year, and you know a lot of those lads are 16, and quite a few of them have been involved. You know, we'd, even with the game with Lebex on Saturday, had a few more of our experienced lads weren't selected, and we kind of stuck with the lads that went to Warminster. And even though we conceded a lot of goals, you know, we, we kind of stuck with them. And, and in fairness, you know, at one stage we looked up and we probably had seven players under the age of, you know, seven teenagers on the pitch. But the way they dug in, like I say, you know, they, they showed great character at Warminster. They did at the weekend, like I say, Lebet probably think that they were unlucky. You know, our goalkeepers made a, a couple of great saves and probably our form of late has been down to him getting his form back as well. You know, he probably didn't have the greatest start to the season, but the last few games he's been back like we know him. Um, and yeah, you know, we have shown great character and we, we've got a little bit of togetherness about us, which is good. Um, and hopefully we can keep going. So before those two crazy games, there was the, um, the two, there was that excellent 2-0 win away at Odd Down. Yeah. Uh, and then there was the defeat, 4-1 against... AEK Bocco. So, who is the real Hengrove? <laughs> I'll tell you at the end of the season. <laughs> um, to be honest, we, we played, I think it was 5 1 Bocco, and we, and we played it. Uh, Bocco fully deserved it. Um, we simply weren't good enough. Uh, and after that, on the the Friday evening, actually, that was a Tuesday night game, and on the Friday evening after that, we had uh, myself in, and John, one of the um, assistant manager. We, we sat down with uh, three or four of the more experienced lads and just almost almost had an honest hour, if you like, in, and got things out on, out, you know, off of our chest and out on the table and looked ways and, and and what I will say is that, the, you know, the elder lads that were there were, were fantastic. They didn't look round and say, it's all because of young lads and we're playing too many young, you know, they held their hands up and said, well, I don't think we're doing this as well as what we can be. You know, and this isn't, and it was a real constructive, good chat for a couple of hours. And we said, right, we're, you know, this is how we're going to do it. And we'll start tomorrow at Old Thing and we'll give it a right good go. And to be fair, we've kind of done that in the three games. You know, it's still a little bit frustrating that we've had to chop and change the team due to unavailability at times. But I, I think that's every single team at the moment. Um, and we're certainly hoping that over the next couple of weeks it's going to settle down more we're going to have a regular squad you know the same faces available and we can kind of implement what we want to do we can put a, a shape out that we want to play we can put players into the positions where we want them to play rather than have to keep chopping and changing and putting square pegs in round holes so to speak um but I, I certainly think that that little chat that little honest conversation where like i said we you know we were all older, holding our hands up and saying well we could be doing this better. And that's not just the players, you know, that's from us as managers and coaches as well. And, you know, I've got a good, good team behind me with, with John Berry as the assistant and Ian Jones and Mike Stone as the, as the coaches. And like I say, you know, it, it was a good, honest conversation that at the moment, you know, three games later, although it's, you know, it's one defeat and two wins, one defeat, we seem to be edging towards a certainly a hand growth that, most people probably expect there to be. 
So you're 16th in the league table at the moment. Is that a fair reflection on where you think your side are at the moment? Yeah, probably. If, you know, the old adage that the table doesn't lie, um, there are games where this season that we've lost and we've come away probably a bit disappointed that we, we probably could have done a a little bit more and we've conceded late goals and little things like that. So that was probably what was real pleasing in, in, the, in the last two games, or probably the last three games, you know, even the odd down game. I mean, the odd down game, we were really good all over, to be fair. It was a, it was a good performance for 90 minutes. The Warminster game, we've had we've had games this season, Boko being one of them, where we go, go a goal or two behind and it literally drains everything out of the team and we don't look like we could probably be there for three days and we wouldn't get a goal back or anything like that. And to be honest, it's give us that little bit, as daft as it sounds, that second half against Warminster is just give everybody kind of the belief that, look, this is what you can do because Warminster are a good side. They're a good side and, you know, they've got one of a, a very good manager, Andy Crabtree, and we've really put them to the sword in that last. I know people will say, well... You know, they probably took their foot off the gas in this, that and the other, you know. They scored their seventh goal and their captain ran past the dugout and told us in no uncertain terms that they were going to boost their goal difference. Um, and the, the players, in all fairness, didn't allow them to do that and, and and certainly put them on the back foot and certainly put them to the sword. And, and as, they, you know, chatting to their chairman afterwards said, you boys should have got something today. And it, it just gives us that little bit of belief. And like I say, against Lebet, you know, we're, we're tuning up after 15 minutes and, and probably should have been three or four up. You know, we should have killed the game off there and then. We're, we're hoping, you know, and I, I certainly believe that we'll get better. It's, it's a tough league. It's going to be a tough league. But certainly, you know, our, our aim is to be in that top half come the end of the season. If that's possible, who knows? You know, but, you know, we have to put a run of results together. It's, it's no good win one, lose one, win one, lose one and things like that. We want to try and put two or three wins together if we can and then hopefully it give us a bit of confidence and certainly shoot us up that table. What was it like heading into this season? Because obviously we've, you know, we've had the coronavirus, we've had that for some time. But, you know, most of us have had their eyes on the weather. I mean, and the weather did rear its ugly head on Saturday. And now, of course, we've got the prospect of not having any petrol in the tanks. So, I mean... These aren't really normal times, are they? No, they're not. I, I think from from our point of view, um, going into the season, we, we were quite not optimistic. We, ne- we never didn't have any real pressure on us or anything like that. Um, like I said, we, we've had the under-18s come into the, the club this year. You know, It was an under-16s team last year that have joined our club to become Hangwood under-18s. Um, so we've had an influx of young talented lads who want to try and play as high as they can so for us it, it was great it, it gave us a new lease of life if you like I mean I certainly wouldn't have <coughs> sorry I, we, we went to Sherborne first game of the season had a bit of a hide in and, and to be fair there were two or three goals real late on but I, I think we had six 16 year old lads on the day in the team you know we, we, a few people were away in that and that would be the only thing I'd say is it because of the last everything that's gone on in the pandemic it's been a little bit hard I mean we you know we say it a million times we, we don't pay the players and all things like that so it's a bit hard sometimes if somebody says they're going away to say well you shouldn't be going away you're playing football but I certainly think that this season going into it nobody's been allowed to go away nobody's been allowed to go on holiday and things like that so everybody has got a life outside of football and they've got families and I think that you have to kind of, it, it would have been a bit hard, especially with the season starting on the 31st of July, for people to turn around to their families and go, well, we can't go on a summer holiday because I've got to play football now. So I think, you know, not only us, every team has had the same, where they've, they're missing players week in, week out. So from that point of view, it's not been great for anybody. But certainly, like I say, for us, with, with the young lads coming through, um, and like I say, we, we've probably had six or seven that have come into the team and did really well. They've certainly not let, certainly not let us down. Uh, let us us down, and hopefully over the next couple of years, you know, a few of them will be first team regulars. Fantastic. I mean, you've got Wales away on Saturday. They're a team in very good form at the moment. That's going to be a real test for you. Yeah, they. You know, Wales are always a is always a tough test at Wales. They've they've got a good squad themselves. Um, the manager is obviously the ex Cheddar manager, and they. 
whenever we played against Cheddar, it was always a battle and they always play good football. And I expect Wales to do exactly the same. You know, I expect Wales to play very good football, attractive attacking football. And I have no doubt they'll put us to the sword, but hopefully we can turn up and hopefully we can cause them a surprise or two. Well, I think on current form, you'll probably be in double figures, the amount of goals that are going to be scored in that game. I'm sure you're hoping that, you know, some of those will be heading your way. Yeah, just better say as long as we can score a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one final question for you, Jamie, because, you know, I've enjoyed our conversations over the last few seasons. You know, how does the first division that you're experiencing at the moment, you know, I mean, COVID aside and all the rest of it, what we've discussed tonight, but how does it compare to the the seasons that, you know, you've competed in before? Because, of course, you know, you did lead a, a very successful Hengrove side into the Premier Division. So what are your reflections on where we are today? To be honest, we, we kind of entered the season not really knowing, not really knowing what everybody was going to be like because... Like I say, no one's really... We haven't completed a season for, for a couple of years. Um, but the sta- you know, the standard the teams we've come up against so far have impressed me, to be honest with you. you know, there's some good, honest teams in there. You, you've got, got a few young lads in there and good you know, good football insides, but you, you also have sides that know how to win games of football. Um, and the standard, if I'm honest, the standard's been a bit better than what I expected it to be. You know, and I know there was a big thing about the Western League with the Premier Division, travelling and things like that, and I kind of get that. And I think the First Division has kind of had the knock-on effect of that in terms of there are players that just decided we can't play, we're not going to go and play because we have to go to that, so we'll drop down. You know, there are one or two teams with a decent enough little bit of money that they can give to players, so they picked up those players so there's there's a few teams that would do okay in the Premier Division to be honest with you but you know it, it is what it is it it might might be the right thing to do it might not be the right thing to do because you know you, the argument would always be if, if those teams with who get one or two players drop down if they then get promoted what do the players do do they then go well I'm not playing in that so I'm going to drop go to another team who knows you know it, it might be the right way to build a club it might not be you know I, I certainly think that from the Premier Division teams and it's easy for me to say because we're not in the Premier Division but you have what four or five Cornwall teams come into it would I be right in saying that something like that yeah four Cornish teams yeah yeah and I think you know they got to do that once a season you know maybe if they get drew in the cup so it's not every week yeah absolutely you know there, there was and there was a lot of talk about it and don't get me wrong I do, I do understand it because not every club is flush with money in the Premier Division there are some so you have to take a little bit, you know, people can't work on a Saturday morning because they have to travel down there. But look, I say, you know, I think everybody kind of accepted it until I think it was Mouse all come in a bit unexpected. But look, I say, you know, the way I do it and the, or the way I look at it and think back to before COVID times with the squad that I had then anyway, um, I think if we had that, you, you kind of relish that trip, you know, you'd make a day of it or you, you might even have an overnight stay or something like that. You know, you'd make a weekend of it and that's kind of what it's all about. That's, that's why it always used to be about, you know, the camaraderie, the togetherness, trips like that kind of make it, you know, make make that change room. But I guess we're in different times and everybody looks at it different ways these days. And my thanks to Jamie for his time. And one final game, just to wrap up our coverage. And um, I know our league social media manager is going to, he's going to, he's not going to like this, but we're going to have to reflect on what is an absolutely fantastic result for Almondsbury. They travelled to Sherbourne. Sherbourne have been scoring for fun. They've been absolutely ripping up the league, um, as we've reflected on many times on the podcast. But um, Almondsbury gave them, and they gave them a real game on Saturday, didn't they, Tom? They did. A pretty entertaining one, this. Another 4-3, so I think there was at least, well, just looking down the uh, the results page, there was a lot of goals, wasn't there, in the first division. I think this was one of 3-4-3 three, three results. Um, that's easier said than done. Uh, but <laughs> it was, it was Almondsbury who, who came out the, the victors, and deservedly so for Ashley Knight. He scored a hat-trick for them in this one. Uh, yeah, two goals for him before the break over side of a, a Declan Cornish um, uh, effort, so they were 2-1 up, uh, Almondsbury. Uh, Isaac Flynn then adding a third. Uh, before night, then uh, yeah, completely attacked it midway through the second half, putting them 4-1 up and uh, yeah, in control really. Uh, but the Zebras, yeah, they've been a, a good side, I think, this season. I, I enjoy sort of hearing from them. And uh, yeah, Josh Williams and then Cornish again. 
Uh, both scored in the final 10 minutes uh, and obviously set up a really nervy finish. Uh, and the home side, I think, had a couple of chances potentially to, to, to get back on level terms. But uh, fortunately for Almondsbury, they did hold out. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a rare win for them this season. So uh, a good, good going from Almondsbury, a 4-3 win away at Sherbourne. Absolutely. Now, of course, we um, we did do the goal scorers uh, last week. We're going to do the league tables this week. But before we before we do that, we will have a look at the fixtures on Saturday, the 9th of October. And starting off in the Premier Division, Tom, which um, which match takes your fancy? I've gone for the new league leaders. I want to see how they get on. Obviously, Bitten struggled with that tag last weekend. Or maybe not. You know what I mean? They've been top for a while, but uh, it's, it's switched places. So now Tavistock have that. That crown that they've got to take, and they're uh, they're, they're travelling to Helston, who are fourth, and uh, who actually less than a month ago, uh, as we speak now, beat Tavistock three-two. Uh, so Helston versus Tavistock, uh, not quite the rematch, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, well, it's going to be a good good test for for Tavistock, isn't it? The uh, currently top of the table, and uh, yeah, travelling to to fourth place Helston. So let's see how that one goes. Well, and hopefully we will on Sunday. Well, I say Sunday morning. Um, I do love watching the uh, the Helston um, YouTube highlights, mm. um, and uh, I think you're absolutely right, Tom. I don't think there's any other place to be uh, in the Premier Division uh, than that, and hopefully we we will all get to see um, the highlights of that game. I mean, I, I say that. I mean, there are some fantastic games. Um, we've got, I mean, Bridge, you know, Mousel travelling to Bridgewater, um, Millbrook travelling to Buckland, um, Canesham, of course. What a win they had travelling to Clevedon. What tickles my fancy is the team that you were just talking about, Bitten, of course, who've, uh, who suffered that defeat last weekend. They don't tend to suffer too many. Um, they, you know, they have bounce back ability, which mm. is a phrase that obviously many people never thought they'd ever hear on the Tool Station Westerly podcast, but I went there. Uh, and they are playing Saltash United. They're away at Saltash United. Dane Bunny's boys, we've had Dane on the podcast. We've had Dan Langdon on the podcast. These are two winners you know and um, i think if there's not fireworks on the pitch there'll be fireworks off the pitch but i think that's going to be an absolute cracker that one so um you know real value this weekend in the uh, in the premier division let's have a look in the first division tom what game have you gone for I feel like a bit of a cop up but i've taken another <laughs> another league leader obviously well <laughs> uh yeah not not had a defeat yet but they take on a boco side that uh, yeah showing signs of being Quite a uh, yeah tough bout. I think they're up in yeah they're up in third. They've won seven matches already this year. So uh, yeah, pretty 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 tasty side I think. Uh, and they travel to take on Welton see if they can uh, yeah stop their uh, unbeaten run. Somebody's going to fancy doing that. Um, mm. Now you've gone to Welton Rovers and of course anything that Welton Rovers can do, Radstock Town want to do better. That's where I'm going. Radstock Town are taking on Warminster Town. That's the Andy Crabtree Derby. Andy of course has managed both sides with distinction. And um, I think that's going to be a very competitive affair. I think Radstock have found their they found their straps. I think they're in good form. And of course, we know that Warminster have been, um, you know, not only competitive in the Western League over recent seasons, but I mean they are really they're punching right above at the uh, right right at the top of the table. So I think that's going to be an absolutely cracking encounter at Southfield's Recreation Ground. I mean, in a way, it's a bit of a shame, of course, with Welton at home and with Radstock at home. You know that that the sort of those communities there. That those two clubs, for those of you who don't know, separated by only about it's about a mile, really, maybe a bit more than that. But I mean, certainly not much. Um, that well, they've got a wealth of football to enjoy at the weekend. I hope both sides get a good crowd because they really deserve it. I'm sure those two games are going to be absolutely fantastic, right? Then, um, that's enough talking about the uh, the fixtures. Let's move on to the league tables, Tom. And I'm uh, I'm going to make my age old mistake of letting you go first. So uh-huh. can you tell us who's leading the way at the top of the Premier Division? I always get the good news. Uh, the top <laughs> the top team. So we got Tavistock, as I say, uh, as we've alluded to. They've now moved top of the table. Uh, 13 games they've played. They've won nine of those. So going great games. They've got 28 points. Uh, Bitten game game in hand. They've played 12. Uh, won eight of those. 26. So they're two points behind Tavistock at this stage. Uh, you've then got Buckland in third. Uh, they've played 13 and they're on 24 points. Uh, and then you've got the likes of Helston and Ilfracombe. They're on 22 points apiece. And Canesham following their uh, really impressive win on the weekend. They've moved into uh, sixth spot. They've played 13. They've got 20 points. 
Yeah, still a bit of variation um, in the Premier Division. Obviously, Tom, they're quite rightly talking about the sides that have played 13 games. If you look down to 12th, Mousel have only played eight so far, so they've got some catching up to do. The side at the bottom of the table, Bridport, have played 14 games. They've only got one win, 13 defeats, and that's um, three points on the board. Four points above them, Ashton and Batwell United. They've managed to put a little bit of daylight um, between themselves and Bridport, but they'll be looking up towards Millbrook, who I'm sure... They're going to be looking up towards Street. So Millbrook played 11, nine points, and Street um, played 12, and they've got uh, they've got 10 points. So still relatively tight at the bottom. Uh, anybody who can put a couple of games, uh, a couple of wins together, uh, will be moving towards the mid table there. Uh, what about our runners and riders at the top of the first division, Tom? Well, I think we all know who's top of the first, and that's Welton, obviously. Uh, 13 games they played, 11 wins, two draws. Uh, so, yeah, going great guns, obviously. 35 points uh, from a possible 39. So, uh, yeah, pretty pretty unstoppable so far. Well, uh, a couple of surprise outfits potentially in, in second and third. We've got Oldland. Uh, they played 14 and they're on 26 points. They're in second. There we go. Uh, and then Boko, as we've alluded to, they've played 13 uh, and they're on 24 points. So uh, those two sides are doing really well. And then you've got the likes of Warminster, uh, Sherbourne and Radstock. They're keeping keeping close those tabs on those top sides, I think, one is 23 points, and then Sherborne and Radstock each on 22. And if we move towards the uh, the bottom of the uh, of the first division, Devizes Town sit there on five points. They've um, well, we won one and drawn two, so uh, from their 12 games, and then it's Bishops Lydiard on eight points, um, followed by um, Longwell Green uh, also on eight points. They've they've played nine games. Uh, Almondsbury, of course, doing a very good job um, of moving away uh, from the bottom. They've um, played 12 and got 10 points. So relative, you know, it's still quite congested down towards the, certainly in the bottom six places uh, of the first division, but sides will need to start winning games if they are going to move away from the bottom. Tom, thank you very much indeed for your time, as always, on the Toolstation Western League podcast. Um, we have been reviewing your excellent bulletin. Where can the listeners find that on the website? That's on the yeah homepage. If you scroll down to uh, about halfway down uh, on the middle, there's a the tab that takes you to the yeah the most recent um, publication. So uh, that that comes out every week, and uh, yeah, that's on the the homepage of the Tool Station Western League website. And if you visit that page, you can subscribe to have it delivered to your inbox every week. Um, so uh, that's something I would certainly uh, I would certainly endorse. Tom, thank you ever so much uh, for your time this week and I look forward to catching up with you next week on the Tool Station Western League Podcast.